Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. Hey, I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. What is going on, my man? You know, just podcasting, wondering what our topic's going to be about today. Well, guess what? What? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about husband man. Husband man? Husband man? Husband man. Husband man? We're going to be talking about, it's one word. Husband man. Husband man. Husband man. Gotcha. So this, I know, I know both of those things together. Maybe our listeners know what a husband is, what a man is, but maybe they don't. And then there's this whole new word of husband, man. Huh? Well, would you please give us some background on this topic? For the most part, this term husband, man is misunderstood when seen as husband. Oh, often, and I would say culturally and traditionally now defined as the male partner in a marriage. This is one of the reasons we use the term husband man. Hmm. Not only does it more accurately represent the topic we're going to cover today, but it sets itself apart from us using the term husband. Okay. Now, in this season, themed God's will, we will see what this concept means according to God, how it helps us understand the heart of God, and how this role of husbandman defines God's ultimate role for himself. Interesting. Yes. Very cool. How have people been hurt? By this topic in the church or another way to say this is how has this topic caused disunity well the role of a husband and husbandman seems to have been lost over centuries of men using this role for their own benefit okay yeah there there's been a lot of damage that's happened as a result of this role being used at the expense of other people. Hmm. Yes, I have experience. So what does this conflict look like in the church? So there's a loose side and a strict side that, that forms when we have this topic. Let's start with the strict side. What's the strict side's perspective? The strict side is the perspective of, well, I'm the husband. It's your job to do what I say. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, damage. So this side sees this role as the head of the family, which is fine. But the behavior of this head of the family acts like a boss. Harkening. Which we know is, yeah. Yep. Harkening, Harkening back to earlier episodes, right? That's right. Boss versus leader, right? Yeah, yeah. How do they support 
the strict perspective with the Bible. Yeah, now we're getting even back to some of season one again, not only with some of the leadership episodes we did, but also women in leadership. Ephesians 5.22 is a famous one for people on the strict side to use to support their do what I tell you to do mentality. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. There you go. Damage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Well, how would you handle an interaction, Pastor Joel, with someone who held this strict perspective? Well, I'd want to handle it carefully, not only because I want to benefit the person that I'm interacting with, but also because this is a verse from the Bible. True. So we need to understand it the right way. And a verse from just... the right, a verse from the Bible would not be something that would cause damage in and of itself, right? Right. No, it'd, it'd be the mis misinterpretation and application of it would. So we don't want to dismiss it just because the what the Bible says in this case is something that makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to dismiss it as wrong or nice. The Bible's not culturally significant anymore. It's like no, let's dig in. So my defense strategy would be. Well, sir, who thinks your wife is just supposed to submit to you so you can tell her what to do? Should we read the rest of the Ephesians 5 passage? Yes. I mean, first off, we've covered the whole submit controversy in season one. Mm -hmm. A wife has every right to ask her husband, how is this for my benefit when she submits to his leadership? Nice. Let's look at verse. 23 for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body well sir are you leading your wife as christ does his bride so is that does jesus just tell his bride what to do and expect the bride to do what it's supposed to for christ's benefit or does christ lead the bride for the bride's benefit Right. I don't remember him saying just submit when he was on right. earth. Right. How about verse 25? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Hell, well, sir, are you loving your wife as Christ did the church? Christ does everything, including give his life for the benefit of the church. Well, verses 28 and 29, still in Ephesians 5 here, all in the context of this submit verse. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. So, sir, are you leading and loving her the way you would want to be led and loved. Hmm. I want to just questions. bring some resolution here because when it comes to two people, there's not always agreement, right? Right. So who gets to decide if there is a disagreement? This is really what we're talking about when we talk about who's the head and who submits and what that all looks like. Who gets to make the decision if the husband and wife are in disagreement over something. Hmm. 
also who gets the benefit. What this passage actually shows is that one person has the deciding vote and the other one benefits. So if I get the deciding vote, I don't also benefit off the decision I made. The Bible says the husband has the deciding vote. That's what it means as the leader, as the head of the family. He gets the deciding vote in a disagreement. Yet, all these decisions he is making for the family ought to benefit the family and not him. Excellent. Sir. That's what I'd say, yeah, to the guy on the strict side. Nice, nice. All those are such good questions. To summarize the strict perspective, where we're at is the strict side uses this role, being the husband, to enable their ability to be a boss. Yeah. They're going to use this. They're going to use this passage, take it out of context, and to facilitate their own ability at the expense of their wife and their family. Yeah. Yep. A yikes. Yikes is right. Well, before we get into loose perspective, why don't we take a call from McMillan, Alabama? Sweet. It's Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. You know, I do have somewhat to say upon the matter of husband, man. I was always taught that husbands are priests and kings over their family. <laughs> well, uh, we all know how that worked out. But Dickie. Hey, Pastor Tater, have you talked with Pastor Rich? Oh, yes, I, I have. Uh, actually, several times each day. In fact, some of the people in his church are blaming me because I brought the restoration program to them. They are even calling me a heretic. Yeah, he told me you were talking. I'm glad you are there for him. Hey, what's been your approach with Pastor Rich? Well, it's a good question. You know, I, I'm, I'm letting him get all his thoughts out. You know, then I process with him. I'm just trying to help him respond to everything by being dicky. I mean, by being Pastor Rich. Are you okay, Pastor Tater? Well, it, it, it's hard. You know, it's hard watching Pastor Rich be in pain. And I wonder if I was the one that caused it. Sometimes I... I just want to drive to Louisiana and act like a king. Yep. Well, looks like I'm going to hang up and and I need to learn something from y'all today. So thank you. You know, this was my favorite podcast. Too hate. God bless. Thank you for the call, Pastor Tater. So I did talk with Pastor Rich after last week's show. Awesome. And he said to me that he was going to call his dad. So the fact that they are talking so much is amazing to me. 
Yeah, I he followed am, through. He followed I'm, through on that. That's oh, good. he did. He followed through. I'm so ecstatic and relieved by it. Man, what a what a brutal season. I'm so glad that yeah. Pastor Rich has the support of his dad. Oh, no kidding. I mean, I know how hard it is when people are name calling mm-hmm. instead of talking to you directly. However, I think Pastor Tater is doing better than he realizes. And we'll we'll see that later in this episode. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the loose side. What's the loose side, Pastor Joel? Loose side. God is love. He treats us all the same. Therefore, we are all the same. There's no difference between males and females. We all ought to just have peace and love and get along. Well, that sounds nice. However, how have people been hurt by that perspective? Yeah, people aren't experiencing one of the most important roles that God has supplied for both men and women. Hmm. We continue to be enabled into our sin due to not stepping into being nourished, which is also confrontation. Aha. Uh-huh. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this loose perspective? I'd ask him some whopper of questions again. Yes. Have you grown into the person God created you to be? Completely? Hmm. Oh, I guess you don't complain about your state of being right now, do you? And you're completely satisfied with your life as it is? Great questions. So when you see this going on in the church, that's the strict side and that's the loose side, Pastor Joel. What are your thoughts? Well, I see three groups of people. The first one is a group I feel sorry for. These are people in bad marriages because they don't understand the difference between a husband and a wife. These people aren't experiencing marriage the way God designed And they aren't understanding God's method of interacting with people. The second group is the group I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church because they desire growth. Yet the people in the church who are meant to do this are too focused on benefiting themselves by being bosses. And then there's the group of people I'm impressed with. These are people who seek out being built up and who pursue building up others, even when it requires confrontation. Mm. These people also see God as the person who is looking out for their growth the most. Awesome. It is time for the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate answer. answer, answer. (laughs) What is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? A husband man is... A worker of the land. Yes, Hmm. a worker of the land. Okay. The dictionary definition of husbandry is care and cultivation of crops and animals. So care and cultivation is a conjunctive. It's the conjunctive over what it means to be a husband man. A husband man cherishes and nourishes the husbandry. That's what the Bible says. That's what Ephesians 5 says, right? Mm -hmm. So to cherish means to warm, to supply a safe environment. That's the caring 
part of the conjunctive. Nice. The nourishing is to raise up, to build, to confront, to grow. That's the cultivation. So this dictionary definition of what a husbandry ought to be experiencing, the care and cultivation, is in line with scripture and nourishing and cherishing. And nourishing is the cultivation. Cherishing is the care we experience. Cool. Now, going back to some of the earlier episodes we were talking about, a husband man is a leader, not a boss. A husband man would facilitate the purpose and progress of their husbandry, not facilitate their own purpose and progress at the expense of their husbandry. Mm-hmm. And notice the growth is done through confrontation. However, it ought to be in a safe and caring manner, depending on the uniqueness of the husbandry. When it's a marriage, the husband ought to be helping the wife become more who God created her to be by becoming the expert with regards to his wife. Nice. He should want to be the world's expert at understanding her. He should be at least as focused on her as he is on his favorite sports team, his favorite hobby, (laughs) his favorite activity, or his favorite area of expertise. At least. And the, nice. the cool thing is this actually increases his attraction to her. Now, this is different from being a mentor. A mentor and a husbandman are not the same thing. A mentor helps people grow without necessarily focus on being the expert on that person or helping that person become more of who God created them to be. Nice. A mentor has a specific skill they're helping that person with. It's a do, right? Yeah, it's a, about our a specific do, goal yeah, in mind, yeah. right? Cool. So that's what's cool is women ought to be able to mentor other men and other women. Nice. Men ought to be the one husbanding other women and other men. When women husband someone, both people end up frustrated and or worse off. Men ought to be husbanded by other men, not by a woman. For example, John 15, 1 and 2 says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So this gives us insight into God the Father's role. And his greatest desire. He is the husband man. All he cares about is being the husband man. Right. No one cares about your growth more than the father. No one gets more excited about your growth than the father. No one is better at confronting you in a safe and caring manner than the father. Awesome. And this is a benefit for both men and women. So, All men and women benefit from being husbanded. But the role of a husband man ought to be a man based purely on how God created men. Women were created for greater purposes than a husband man. So this is, again, we're not saying women shouldn't be husbandmen because they're worse. We're saying women shouldn't be husbandmen because they're better. Nice. 
Now, as far as God goes, we're in the God's Will series. This is what God wants to do the most. Largely because God himself cannot grow. This is something God cannot do. We've talked about this in the God's Nature series during season two. But you think about this. God is always completely right and always completely just. If there was something God could grow in, that would mean there's something better that exists that isn't part of God's nature. God's perfect. Now, we also know all three parts of the Trinity have the same nature. They all can't grow either. Jesus could grow when he came to earth and took on flesh. But in his God nature, he can't grow. So I imagine before creation, the Trinity hanging out. Bored out of their minds. <laughs> Three people who are always completely right and just. Whose greatest desire is to help other people grow. Can't help anyone grow. What do they do? Well, let's create. Let's make let's make a creation so that we can, in all three of our different ways, grow others through our specific way of husbanding other people. That's what they come into agreement on before creation. Nice. Now, the father wants to grow you, then grow a group of people for eternity. To bring truth and life to the bride of his son through his spirit forever. Mm -hmm. Jesus wants to become the expert at the eternal church, personally nourishing us and cherishing us forever. Nice. Now, some translations back at John 15 change the word husbandman to vine dresser. However, the words husbandman and vine dresser are different in the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament Greek. Those translations are actually hindering people from a very crucial doctrine that could be helping everyone's marriage. Oh, man. Is this just one more area where our culture, man-made tradition, is changing the word of God and hindering God's will? You know, people think husband or husbandman is just the male in a marriage. So when it says God is the husbandman, that's going to confuse people. Let's yeah. change it to vine dresser. It's like, no, that's wrong and limiting what, instead of adhering to the cultural and man-made tradition of the definition of husband, why don't we leave the Bible alone, leave the word husbandman there, and Use it as an opportunity to confront all the people in our culture that their understanding of the term husband or husbandman is wrong. Right. Do we want to get more in line with God's will and what God wants, or do we want more of our own beliefs to be justified? Right. Care and cultivation. It's yeah. like those are amazing things. Who does not want those? Things? Right. Care and cultivation. Whoa. A vine dresser isn't necessarily going to do those things. Right. So when a husband helps his wife grow into becoming more who God created her to be, she becomes more attractive to her husband. 
This is the way for a husband and wife to continually be growing in love and attraction. Whenever someone tells me that love and attraction decrease during a marriage, that is a surefire sign to me that that couple doesn't understand the role of husband. Perfect. Yeah. Now tips for applying this topic. Number one, I want to just reemphasize the role of a husband or husband man is a benefit for both men and women. Mm -hmm. But here's my question for you. Who do you men and women have in your life? Who's helping you become more the person God created you to be. Remember what pastor Tater said about pastor rich. I do. I want to help him be more pastor rich. So good. Pastor Tater is trying to do and bring this benefit of husbandmen to his son, Pastor Rich. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.